Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Give it up for Robert Warner. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Um, so a couple of things. Um, number one, it's a CEO on there. I'm not really a CEO of anything. CEO implies you have executives to be an officer over, and I don't have any executives. We have a team of eight people, um, and that's plenty for me. So this session today is a bit of a weird one. Um, in as much as I kind of feel like we've broken about every rule of SaaS over the last year. Um, we've followed almost nothing that everybody else does. We've not raised money. We've not done so much when it comes to content marketing. Not done that. When it comes to paid traffic, not done that. Raised money, not done that. We've done very, very little. But we've done a few things that I think are relatively smart. So quick intro to me. Um, um, sat in the room at the back with my business partner, Joe, and together we built a white-label digital marketing agency specializing in Google Ads. That was a worldwide agency with a team of 35 people. Um, we started, it took about nine years to build that business, and we became what's called a Google Channel Sales Partner, which is, if you don't know, it's kind of like a hidden tier of partnership within Google. It's kind of like invite-only. It's like going behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz. So you have to get asked back there, and you get to go to hang out in Mountain View and do some cool stuff, and they give you some nice perks. Um, Ultimately, I kind of got bored of running an agency. And then, if we're looking last year, Joe and I were talking about next steps and next stages and what we might do in the future. And kind of went, ah, oh, this is interesting. If we sell an agency, we can probably get in the region of you know, two to four times EBIT for that agency as a valuation on exit. If we build a SaaS, we can get five to 10x revenue. It's like, oh, screw this, we're selling the agency. And that's exactly what we did. We put the agency up for sale and we sold it last November. Um, but in the meantime, and what I'm going to cover with you guys today, um, we call this our accidental SaaS. We didn't mean to build a SaaS. So for anybody here who's building their SaaS with a market-changing and world-domination vision, we had none of that. Um, we, had, we, I said, we didn't even plan to build a SaaS. We had a problem to solve for ourselves, and we hired a guy of Fiverr to build a solution for us. And we did a test launch. We, we, we call our test launch a test launch of our BVP. Who's it? Everybody here familiar with the term MVP? Yeah, yeah, we did a BVP, which we call a barely viable product. Um, and it really was. Um, but it had one thing that going for it that gave us massive value. So what we did, we did a test launch. 
and we did that to our own internal email list. One thing had been in the agency space for several years, we had a good email list. And all we did, knowing that we had a product that was pretty weak and pretty feature incomplete, was we focused on the big marketing idea. You'll hear people talk about hooks and USPs. We had one thing, and we sold the hell out of it. Once we'd done that, we then went into what we called our sort of product-led growth, which is a far grander term for anything than we formerly ever did um, and do, which was we had weekly user calls with all our users um, on a group basis, and it meant we could get accelerated feedback and grow really quickly. And it also meant we could build out marketing angles. One thing you'll see throughout this session is we're kind of marketers first and foremost. We're about building the big ideas. We're about the angle, the hook, the reason why. The tech's an enabler to get us there, but it's about the idea first and foremost. Um, and then, once we'd done all that, we then started doing what we call partner launches. Any of you guys run affiliate programs for your businesses? Cool. Well, we do that, and we probably do it slightly differently to how you do it, but it works really well for us. And we have a one-week promotion strategy. So when we run an with an affiliate, we typically run for one week, and then we all move on and do our own things. It's not a long-term relationship, typically, but it allows us to sign up customers at scale. So a one-week promotion for us on a bad one will sign up 30 new paid users. So it's highly, highly time efficient for us. So here's our growth. Um, and so for context, um, we didn't start developing anything until April last year. So April 2021, we started. And this is, I get slightly weirded out by this slide, by the way. I've sat in the big room, in the, you know, in the, we're watching all the grown-ups, where they've got charts that are like multi-years. You know, you know, we start in 2014, and we've got 2017, and, and they've got these big time spans. And you've got some who've got years. We're in months. We're kind of baby steps at this. We are really the new kids on the block trying to figure stuff out and breaking things as we go. So everything we see here is us just kind of winging it a bit. Um, so June, we had no product. July, we did our first launch, and we got to 144K annualized, which was really nice start on the month of, first month of launch. Fast forward over to the, where we are now, and in September, we'll hit about 1.25 million ARR, something up there or thereabouts. So, and in context, we went full-time on this in January, um, until when we, after we launched in July, most of the rest of 2021 was focused on selling our agency. In fact, although I'm from the UK and Joe's from Ohio, we sold it to a guy in Austin, um, who we'll probably catch up with this weekend. So um, that was our big focus for the second half of the year, not building and growing our SaaS. So it largely got backburned until kind of January. So what do we do at PPC Ad Lab? Um, PPC Ad Lab, essentially, it's Google advertiser data. What we're interested in is who is advertising, on what search terms, in what locations, with what ad copy, what devices are they targeting, what times of day do they run their ads, what days of the week do they run their ads, and providing this like hyper level of detailed competitive intelligence so that you know at any one time what your competitors are doing. Are they bidding on your brand? Are they breaking any franchise rules, which is an interesting use case we've come across? Are they lists of people you can prospect and target for your own outreach? You know, people spending money on Google Ads is usually a really good indicator they're spending money in other marketing services. So it's a great qualifier. So the people who've been 
uh, Google Ads managers, franchises, e-com stores, digital agencies. You know, that's been typically our customers so far. So let's start with our, our beginning. What happened? So it was late March last year. Um, Joe and I had built a product. It was an information product that we were selling to our agency customers. And one of the commitments that we'd given was that we would give them a list of plumbers to prospect to. It was about, it was about the plumbing market, this thing. Um, so we'd give you 1,000 plumbing leads, which was a great idea to realize we couldn't get it. Uh, we tried just about every tool known to man to buy them. Couldn't get it. Just nobody had that data. All we wanted was a thousand advertisers in the US. We'd have thought it'd be really, really easy. Nobody could give us the list. Um, so, in an act of desperation, um, I said to Joe, I've got an idea how we might be able to build something to do this ourselves. I've been just Googling as you do, looking for answers. I said, let's give it a test and see what happens. So, we did. And I hired a guy on Fiverr. Um, because that's where you go when you need seriously important development work done. You go to Fiverr, um, and if somebody says, yes, sir, I can do that for you, you say, perfect, you're hired. Here's some money. And so we did. Um, and we got, this, we got back a CSV. And we thought, that's damned handy. That really worked really well. And it was much more than 1,000 with job done. I said, like, can you do that again? Can you, can you run us a list of you know, uh, dentists this time? Because we've also got dentist classes too. And after about three of these CSVs, this contractor said, Rob, this is getting quite annoying. Couldn't you just give me some money and I'll put a UI on this thing for you and then you can get them yourself and you don't have to ask me. I went, sure, how much do you want? He said, $500. Oof. I went, all right, you're in. Let's do it. So for $500, we got our first version of our UI. Uh, this is nice. And Joe and I went, there might be something in this. This is really useful data. If we need it and we can't get it anywhere else, then nobody else can either. So let's take a look. What can we do with it? And we realized very quickly we'd got this unique piece. And the unique piece was real-time, complete data. For every one advertiser our competitors were finding, we were finding 10. We were literally 10x more data than they were. So what we did was we built that into kind of marketing angles. And said, if you know how your competitors are behaving, then this is how you can behave. This is how you can get ahead. This is how you can wow prospects. And we built up the marketing argument much more comprehensively than we built the product. Um, and then, I said that was March. July the 2nd, we opened the doors to our first customers. So what's that, 12, 13 weeks, something of that kind. Um, and about 5K in cost was what got us to that point. In between this, our little dev guy from Fiverr went, Rob, I'm really enjoying working on this. Can I have a job? I went, how much do you want? He went, no, no, you're in. You've got a job. So we hired him, and he's now our, our lead, and we've got a team of three developers full-time. But um, that's how we got our break with this, literally um, a guy on Fiverr. So what we did was we did a seven-day launch to our agency contacts. I'll break it down for you in a second. We did a live webinar with an encore and a replay sequence, and we created what we called a founder offer, which gave huge benefits and discounts. So this is kind of like the, the process flow in its entirety, and that's even the little email from my guy on Fiverr saying, yeah, sure, I can build that for you. You probably can't read it, but um, that was... <laughs> Nathan said, show proof. What date's that? March 27th, I think it is, um, when that actually happened. 
you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days, all the revenue numbers, all the valuations, and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. So here's what we did. We had a list of agencies from our, from our agency days. And we knew agencies would buy this kind of thing because you know, it helps them build lists of prospects. It gives them a unique conversation to have. So this is our promotion sequence. What, Tuesday, we send out an email going, hey, we're running a webinar on Wednesday. On Thursday, do you want to come? We send another one on Wednesday, another one on Thursday, and Thursday evening, we run the webinar. Friday, we do a live encore, and we, get, and we were typically getting about 250, 300 people show up live to these webinars. So we get a good crowd. And we do replays over the weekend, and we close it out on the Monday. And as you can see here, what we did was we created a page with what we called the founder's offer. And the big difference that we did that we do in all of our promotional activities is we have published prices on our website. Our agency plan on our website is $397 a month. And it was that price on day one, even though it was nothing like an agency-level product at that time. Our webinar price is a bigger, better package for $197 a month. And it has deadlines, it has scarcity and urgency built into it. Um, and you'll see there we also had an annual plan, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, that, for us, was a big win, because it allowed us to create some scarcity and urgency. And here's what it did. This is a screenshot straight from our Stripe account from last year. We signed up 76 paying customers in seven days, um, collected 22K in cash, and that cash came in part because nearly 10% of our buyers bought the annual plan. I mean, that's a big commitment. You're buying an annual plan from a product that's barely out of the box. I mean, this thing was, it was clearly very, very rough. Um, and yet, they bought it, and it nearly doubled our cash collection which is kind of cool. Um, we'd immediately got a 12K MRR, and we'd done it all for a 5K build cost. So as far as a scrappy launch goes, we didn't spend a year ideating. We didn't spend a year planning. We didn't do customer research interviews. Anything that normal grown-up SaaS does, we did none of that. All we had was a really unique idea that we knew solved a problem that we'd seen in our market for 15 years, and nobody had solved. So that was how we got it started. We then went into, as I said, we were selling our agency at the time, so we were kind of not very really focused on growing this product. It was nice MRR at the time, but it, that's all it was. Um, so what did we do? The first thing that we did was we ran weekly calls with our customers. Every Wednesday, noon Eastern, there'd be a call on a webinar with all our customers. We'd tell them about all the new features we were releasing. And they gave us some great use cases because they felt like they were invested in the product. They got the deal. They got on the ground floor. They got the best pricing. They were winning. Um, 
and we made them our heroes because people were going out and using this data to, you know, saying, hey, I use your data, I sent a few videos out and I got a client the next morning. It's worked like a gangbusters because they've never seen this. I'm like, brilliant, bring it on, record it. Um, and so we gathered all this feedback. We also figured, learned that building a product for 5K um, is really good until you realize you haven't architected it very well and your first server bill comes in for eight grand. Um, that hurt. <laughs> that wasn't a nice moment. It's like, oh great, all our MRR's gone on Amazon. Um, we need to probably redesign that fairly quickly, otherwise we've just generated ourselves a huge problem. Um, so we did. Um, and we were using it every day to build new hooks and new marketing angles. And that's really where Joe comes into this in terms of capturing those thoughts, those ideas that people were creating us. And those angles that came out of that, for example, were people going, hey, I work with franchises in multiple locations. We can see which franchisees are advertising outside of their designated zip codes and breaking the franchise rules. We can now enforce compliance on something we could never enforce before. And we're going like, that's a cool idea. Yeah. Well done, thank you, you've just done our marketing job for us, because we didn't, we didn't ever think of that. Um, you know, you, we were getting users give, sending in videos of their SOPs for how they were using it in marketing. It's like, great, we've now got another marketing angle we can go with this. We've got people using it to protect their brands. He was bidding against them and send cease and desist letters and things. All these things, we, would, we had literally no idea that these were use cases. And to this day, people keep bringing us more use cases for the product. But that sort of hiatus few months over the summer was brilliant and that it just gave us this time to just gather this thing, rebuild, re-architect, put a slightly more grown-up UI on it that looked a little bit better um, and not sort of 1980s etch sketch um, And you can see what we had. This was from one month alone. Or was it 12 weeks? 1,581 user comments just in our weekly live calls. Now... I see people doing beta launches and free launches and trials and all that, and they're doing one-to-one -one demos and feedback. How long does that process take you to get over 1,500 pieces of individual feedback from real paying users who've put their hand in the pocket? And you can see all the yellow stuff there. It's effectively feature requests. They were writing our roadmap for us just by showing up and talking to us. And yet they thought we were doing them the biggest favor in the world because we were engaging with them and supporting and listening. And it was a very much a, a kind of two-way street. So that's what we did over the summer. Um, and then we get into the real fun stuff. And this is where it really gets to start properly, which was our partner launches. Um, the way we do partner launches is we do joint ventures with them. And so what we will typically do, and how we start this off, We'd got data from our internal launch in July as to how many people showed at the webinar, how many purchased live on the call, what the average order value was. So that's our warm customer list. We wanted to test how well we can replicate that with other people's warm customer lists. So, you know, we made it really super easy for them. You know, we would we gave them the webinar titles, the email swipes, the replays, we promoted their offer to our audience. It was a typical webinar swap. There's nothing complicated about this. We were tracking our key metrics. So what were the total earnings? What was their total commission they were going to get from month one? Um, what was the live conversion rate on the call? What was the earnings per attendee? And then once we've got one set of numbers, we can go again and again and again and again. Um, full disclosure, though, if you've worked with joint venture partners, you know it's like herding cats. I mean, these guys are damned hard work. I mean, wonderful, brilliant, but damned hard work. 
And you can see here, and by the way, our entire seven-day promotion sequence and partner sequence is in the artifacts on the drive that's in there. So literally every email, I mean, you need to rewrite the emails clearly, but the whole structure, timeline, everything we do is all templated out there for you so you can just swipe and deploy it. Um, so we did everything, and we paid promptly, and we paid generously. This is our very first affiliate, our very first partner. Um, in fact, his business partner's in the room, in the main room at the moment. Um, and he walked away with, I think it was about seven grand, in, seven grand in cash. Not bad for a week's worth of emails, showing up and doing an introduction to a webinar. And then, from there, we've stacked to bigger and bigger partners using these stats. Right now, there's a launch about to go down in about seven days from now. And check this out. We're paying 100% of month one revenue as a commission. Now, that sounds big and scary. And most people are going, no, I can't pay one month worth of commission. That's just not going to happen. And yet, I've seen people downstairs in meetings that I've had with people going, yeah, my CAC's about six months. Well, my CAC's one month. Um, but that's six months of acquiring customers one at a time. Um, here, um, we will acquire somewhere in a region of 300 to 700 new users in seven days. That's the best part of $100,000 of MRR a month. Now, there's not many other ways I know where risk-free, I have no money down, I have no money out, I can go out and acquire, let's call it 500 new users, in seven days, I'll happily give them 100% commission of month one revenue because they ain't going anywhere. People like the product, people stay. So when I heard somebody on stage yesterday say, we have a very generous affiliate program. We pay sometimes up to 10 or 20%. Right. Mm, not so much. <laughs> if you really want to get somebody's attention, do you think these guys are paying, uh, paying attention? When they've contracted this to us, what you can't see in the contract actually that comes underneath this is they have contracted to provide a minimum of another 300 customers per year to us after the launch because the revenue is so valuable to them as well. So if you can find the right partners and you can pull the deal off, and I would suggest to be bold, um, you can pull some seriously big numbers in your, into your business. And that's where we move. All we've done all year, this is literally the only thing we've done, is we run a partner webinar once a month, we run one of our own once every three months, um, and that's taken us from zero to about 700K in seven months full-time, but a year since launch, and will take us to about 1.3 million by the end of this month, and about 1.5 by the end of October. Um, I appreciate there are bigger boys playing at far bigger scale than we are right now. But as a bootstrapped, scrappy little operation of six people, eight people, it's not a bad start. Um, we've got a lot to learn, a lot to do. But if you ever think about going one to many, it's got a lot of payoffs to it, and I strongly recommend it. Oh, well, that's the wrong thing to press. So, this quarter, what are we doing? Um, we're doing that in September, in about a week's time from now. We're moving into enterprise. We've found that brands really, really care about the stuff that we do for them, automated reporting of their competitors and their marketplaces and their brands. We're launching our own Splinter product, and this is something I'd recommend anybody thinks about, is Splinter off a part of the, your product that you can sell on lifetime deals. You can sell on one-time deals and then put people into an upsell funnel to send them the main product. We're launching that in October. 
and we're also starting paid traffic. So for us, um, we're kind of just taking our baby steps and we're getting going in earnest now. So quarter four for us is where the fun really starts. But it's nice. We're profitable. We have cash. And we've not had to sell any equity. Um, and it's worked very well for us. So last 20 minutes, that's what we've done. We've scrapped the whole thing. We've probably broken every rule known to SAS. Um, Nathan has probably got his head in his hands or banging his head on the table somewhere in a dark room, if you could hear this right now. But it's worked really well for us. So, takeaway. We've only got one real channel, webinars. We've processed it and we can repeat it anytime you want and just turn customers on on demand. Um, and let your customers do your marketing for you, because they really will. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. That's all I've got to say.